Blog Talk Radio. Another edition of Rungren Radio. That's a little Todd Rungren from Reproduction. That's out of my mind, which was a bourgeois tag song. Which, if you've been paying attention, you know tonight we have Brent Bourgeois as our guest, Cruiser Mel. That was actually a big hit for Bourgeois Tag. It's their yeah. highest rating, rated uh, song. Higher than I Don't Mind? No. Wait a minute. I could be wrong. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. You're right. It's all it's all about minds. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, so Brent will be on in about 10, 15 minutes or so. And, of course, we have our usual announcements, et cetera, including a couple of side ones, which we will be dedicating tonight's show to Cheryl Radin and MJ Adams, also known as Gaia, uh, who have both passed away recently. Uh, unfortunately, we've had too much of that going on in the utopian community this year and recently. So... Like yeah, both both were were long time Todd fans, big lovers of Todd, and um, good people, and both will be sorely missed. Yes, absolutely. So Cheryl had has been around for probably since Todd Rugger and Utopia days, and very active with uh, Perry Morelli's group, the ToddFan.com, and been to a lot of. Todd concerts, probably more than she can count, uh, including some Akron events. There's lots of photos of her from one where she had the pink hair. Some people called her the pink <laughs> lady, right. pink hair lady. Yeah. Yep. So, um, and you might not know this, but most people, I think, did know that she was the mother-in-law of Tony Rogers, who was a big uh, bootleg collector back in the day uh, before he got out of that and had to take on some other important things in his life, but... We had him on a show in Rungan Radio years ago and had some great uh, bootlegs that he played. And uh look forward to Tony hopefully one day coming back into the Todd community. But Cheryl was uh, also a little something a lot of people might not know. She was involved in helping take Todd around, uh, help chauffeur Todd around during the Liars Tour on the Southwest leg. Oh, yeah? So she's got a lot of history with Todd and, and with the fans and very well liked, always in a good mood, always happy, always positive, always talking about Todd. <laughs> and, you know, uh, she was a breast cancer, survivor, breast cancer survivor, and then she also had Crohn's disease. So she was ill a good bit, if not, you know, most of her life. But despite that, was always very nice to people and very happy at the gigs and events that she went to, and uh, it just caught up with her, I guess. So about two weeks ago, we lost Cheryl Radin, rest in peace. And MJ Guy, of course, from the Madison, Wisconsin, we used to make fun of her accent a lot. She was a Todd Stock. <laughs> I remember she, when she would call in, her bird always wanted to squawk in the background. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yep, it's she like called in a lot. Talking and the bird was like, no, I believe I'm going to talk now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think she called in. I'm not sure if it was. I think it was our second show. She called in and talked to Michelle about moving to Kauai possibly one day. 
And oh, yeah? Yeah, she didn't. She uh, stayed in Wisconsin. But she, of course, went to tons of gigs and had been to Akron as well and partied with us for AWOTS and taught healing. And the best thing about it was she put together, her and uh, Ian, Boo, and Dan put together this Ustream, which we found the link to it. I think it's Ustream.com slash TRAWOTS, and it's got coverage of both parties, uh, Birthday Bash 2 and Birthday Bash 3, which uh, to me is gold for fans. I mean, if you are if you were at those events, uh, she interviewed Michelle Rundgren, Jesse Grass. Uh, somebody interviewed Greg Hawks on that deal. Rebop was interviewed, uh, t- several fans. It was a really good uh, program. So uh, she also, unfortunately, struggled with health problems. Uh, MJ had chronic pain, which... I'm confident, although I could never say that I, I would uh, understand it completely because I don't have it, but i, I got to imagine it's just terrible. I just can't imagine. So constantly, you know, it was off and on that she would have this chronic pain, and uh, she's hopefully, you know, in a place now where she doesn't have any pain at all. Not sure yeah. where that is. I uh, hope the best for her, and uh, she'll be missed for sure. And the show is dedicated to them. If anybody wants to call in later and say something about them, you can. There's lots of activity on Facebook, of course. And um, well, and you posted the link for that Ustream on uh, the Rundgren Radio Todd Rundgren Rundgren Radio Facebook page. So if you guys didn't, if you missed the the link or whatever that Doug said earlier, you can go to that page and scroll. You may have to scroll down a little bit, but it's there. I know I plan on rewatching again. I haven't seen those in gosh, probably three years. So. I'm looking forward to it. Yes. So we got to thank her for that. And let's go on to announcements, Cruiser Mail. Yep. And um, hopefully we won't have anything sad to announce next time we do a show. We don't know when that will be, but uh, hopefully it will be soon. We still need to do another one. Everybody was excited about doing another one with Roger Steele, doing the obscure recordings. So we'll try to get that. What else going on with the Todd World, Cruiser Mail? Well, uh we a few weeks ago we had Gene Lakowitz on to talk to us about the. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a total blank. Spirit of Harmony, I give. Yeah, Spirit of yeah. Harmony Foundation dot org, which is their website, and this is a, a cause that Todd has jumped behind. Uh, but the way you can help out, you out there in Radio Land, uh, and I did it. It's so super easy. Uh, you go and sign up at igive, G-I-V-E dot com, to become, I guess you'd call it, uh, lack of a better word, member of igive.com. And then when you go to websites that are supported by igive.com, such as an airline, uh, a clothing company, uh, Sears, whatever, um, whenever you go to buy something, it doesn't cost you a penny more. But a certain percentage of your purchase will be donated to the Spirit of Harmony Foundation, uh, above and beyond what you've what you've uh, bought. So you spend ten dollars on a shirt or something like that, and a certain percentage goes to the uh, Spirit of Harmony, which is really really cool. And it's so easy, and it's, it doesn't seem to be corrupt in any way. It doesn't mess up your computer. Doesn't slow it down or anything. So uh, go sign up for igive.com if you haven't already. 
it took me a, a little while before I remembered to do it, but now I think it's fun every time I'm on a shopping website and that pops up, this little umbrella type. Yeah, it's extremely easy, and I've already probably made five or six purchases, including you know some travel stuff, Amazon. It's just uh, they let you know when you're on a site that's part of their program, and you know it's usually a, a you know small percentage, but it, you, you get everybody doing it, it adds up. It probably ends up being a lot of money at some point. It's uh, it costs you nothing. That's the main thing. You're just giving money to them without having to do anything but shop. <laughs> right. Right. So it benefits everybody. You get your, the product you want. The the merchant gets you know your money, and then give a little bit of that to the Spirit of Harmony Foundation. It's a really cool thing. I'm glad that they found that thing. I never would have known about it if if Jim yeah. and them had not found it. Well, hey, speaking of cool things to buy, yeah, uh, what? John Pohida's got a new CD release coming out. He's got a release party Saturday, June 21st. Uh, June 21st at the Lizard Lounge in Cambridge, Mass. Ooh. And I think you can get this at bandcamp.com is where you want to go find John Pohida's new CD, which has taken him about two or three years to do. He's very proud of it. Three years in the making, he says. Okay. So, yep, John Pohida, P-O-W-H-I-D-A. Of course, if you don't know who I'm talking about, he is photied for our Akron events, Hermits of Mink Halloween. So hook him up. Go check it out. Lots of fun. And good luck with that, J-Po. Yep. Um, let's see. In announcements, what else we got? Oh, uh, Esoteric Records. We need to talk about that. If you had ordered from them already, uh, well, if it was before the last few days, because last week they did ship out a bunch of CDs. And uh, so if you're in the U.S., you know, I don't know how long it takes, but I would think be looking for it in the next few days if you haven't already gotten it. What CD, Cruzamel? It's uh, Todd and Utopia at the Electric. Is it Ballroom? Mm-hmm. Uh, is that the name? Okay, yeah. And it's uh, Vicky from Esoteric cut us a deal if you were in the United States, and because it's expensive to order it overseas uh, on the Amazon UK, I think it was, and I, it's way down on the Rungan Radio page, but. If you haven't ordered it and you want to, I think the deal is 21 bucks, uh, which you won't find it cheaper anywhere else. Shoot me an email, Doug, at RungunRadio.com, and I'll find the information for you and get it to you. But this CD uh, is supposed to be spectacular. Looking forward to hearing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of buying things, run on over to ToddStore.com and buy yourself something because you've been so good and you deserve something new with Todd's face on it. So yeah. Go to ToddStore.com. They got this really cute um, ladies dress or nightshirt, whatever you want to call it, just a hangout kind of thing. Uh, this ladies cut. It goes down to the knees, and it's got the the portrait from Hermit of Mink Hollow on the front. It's really hot, very hot. Other new stuff too. Cool. So what do you got? You got anything? What you got? What you the- got? I'm not gonna try to even hit that note. Not going to happen. I've got that if you want to get some more information after tonight, please stick with us on Brent Bourgeois. He has done an interview recently with Tom Jennings, our sometimes co-host here, or sometimes host here, actually, 
at yes, backstageaccess.com, and access is spelled with X's instead of C's. So backstageaxess.com. You can read more about Brent's new CD and maybe get some information that we won't be getting tonight. Who knows? Right, right. So, and uh, if you're free later on this week, in three days to be precise, Ringo and the All-Star Band, including Todd Rundgren, are heading out. They're going to be out and about for several weeks. Uh, make, make sure if you're, especially if you are in one of the cities where they're going to be, and I mean they're going to be just virtually everywhere, um, get out and see them. Ringo's All-Star Band 2014. Yes, you'll get to see Todd do three of his songs. <laughs> but he's on stage the whole time playing with Oh, them. yeah, they do Toto and um, Santana. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. So maybe um, Ernie with Greg Raleigh, who we've had on the show as well. Oh yeah, that's true. We have had Greg on, and mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, you caught this cruiser mail, and I don't know how we could tell people to find it now. Was it the Today Show that um, Chasm was on with the horn player for Ringo's band, whose name escapes me? Uh, the pretty boy in the band. Um, oh, see, I'm thinking that's the guy from Mister Mister, but I don't think he plays a horn. No, 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 no. Other guy. I don't Somebody know. help me in the chat. Mark Rivera. Yeah. Mark. Mark's got a new show while He was on the Today Show. Yeah, and he did some songs, and Chasm played bass for him. Dang. And it's on the archive. It's buried somewhere else on the Rugged Radio page. So if you haven't seen it, somebody send it, post the link in the chat room, maybe, but uh, or Google it. Maybe you can find it. But uh, it was very cool. I think they did. I think he just did one song, maybe two. They did one song, and it was called Lorraine. I remember it now. Not for Lorraine Rutherford, but we'll pretend it is. Okay. Yeah, we know Lorraine's out there listening tonight. Is she? Yes, she is. She she put on my page she'd be listening. Hi, Lorraine. Hello, Lorraine. Hi, everybody else, too. Yeah. Okay, so if you want to call in tonight and talk to Brent Bourgeois, you can call us at 646-716-9262. If you do want to speak, you have to press 1. If you do not press 1, we will not know that you want to speak. Mm-hmm. So that's the key to that deal. <laughs> so you know, what we're going to do, do know, tonight, God, we're going to talk the... to Brent for a while about his album. CLB is going to be calling in to talk to him a little bit about part of the deal that he's doing, uh, which we'll just save that and let her talk about it. And then we're going to play clips from the CD, including not a clip, but the entire song that Todd Rundgren is on for that album. Nice. There you go. Nice. All right, so let's uh, check. Do you know what the latest? I have Brent here right now. Oh, okay. Well. Yes, it is. Hey, Mr. Brent. Brent, how's it going? <laughs> How are you? Hanging in there. We are. Hi, Mel. Hi, Brent. <laughs> You've got a great album that's that just came out. It's awesome what I've listened to. Thank you very much. Yes, it's very exciting. I mean, every 20 years or so, whether I need to or not, I'm going to put out an album. I got I got the next one. The, uh, the release date is uh, uh, 2034. We'll be there. <laughs> you can Why come on so RunRunRadio.com that time. We'll probably yeah. come on something we don't even know what it is, right, by then. Mm. Some device that we don't even know. It would just yeah. be in, implanted in our brains. <laughs> just have the to technology think will it. definitely be different, I'm sure. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Well, now... Speaking of the long 
Pay. Well, what in the world made you decide to come back after this long and do an album? Well, I think that, first of all, um, you know, in a practical sense, the technology has gotten to the point where it's conceivable to make a record in your own home, largely, or in other people's homes. Um, so financially, what was inconceivable 10 years ago, or even less, has become conceivable. I mean, it would have been, you know, if, if Brent wanted to make a record at any point after he made his last one, we, you know, he would have to go get a record contract, um, deal with a record company, make, an, make a record that cost, you know, $100,000 if it cost a penny, um, and then go through all of the things that, of the additional costs of promoting and putting out a record. The idea of making a record on your own, you know, of, of, of making a record, let's say, or making a record of that kind of quality on your own was sort of a laughable idea until really recently. So, you know, we were, we were stuck in that uh, record company system where you're either going to make do that or you're not going to do it. And, and, you know, the, yes, there were some people making their own records, but it really wasn't until recently that you could do it with any integrity. Um, so that's really that's really a, a large part of it. And the other part of it was, you know, just kind of the feeling that it was not really an, a responsible economic thing for me to do with my family. I was producing a lot. I was, I was working at a record company. I was doing a lot of things involved in music. And then the record industry collapsed. Um, and I was doing things outside of music. I wrote some books. I, you know, I, I did some things in my own hometown, but I, you know, it just, I just got away from the music business for a while. And then, and then it kind of uh, turned around. You know, the idea of sitting in your house and, and coming up with things that sounded really good and then being able to go to musicians' houses and have them play on it, you know, it sounded really good. Even drummers. I mean, I think that, that was the final kicker. When you can go over to a drummer's house and get them to play on it, bypassing studios entirely, then you really got something going. I mean, that's really that's really how this thing happened. Well, you, you could even do drum machines in some cases. You know, a lot of people do that now. Oh, like yeah, sure. But, I mean, if you want if you want drummers, you know, you used to always have to – you had to go to a, to a studio. I mean, you know, and, and, and that's – I mean, that was the thing. I mean, that's sort of – and now all – all the drummers on this record, except for one, uh, I recorded in their own homes or in, you know with their own systems, and, and it's it's pretty amazing what 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 you can do now. So yeah, so you know uh, the opportunity presented itself to allow me to be able to consider to do this, and then of course the inspiration has to come. And but see, after after so long not doing it, I was very fresh. Yes, that's true. Did, did there, you get? There's, there's also a, a, a lot more work involved in putting out your own record because now you're you're the distributor, right? Chief cook and bottle washer is what I like to call it. <laughs> That's a good segue, Cruiser Mel, because CLB's online, so I think she can get in here and talk about that. Uh, uh, one of the ways that, that Brent's selling the CD. CLB, what's up? Hey. <laughs> Hi, Doug. Hi, Mel. Can you hear me? Yes. Loud and clear. Hi, Brent. We're business. Hello. Remember, we had conference calls and things like that. And, yes, um, yes. 
I just wanted to call in. I appreciate everyone that has um, supported the pre-release, which is what a kick finisher had the opportunity to offer. Um, we, we've been working with Brent trying to build momentum uh, for the album release, which was yesterday. And um, I just wanted to, to throw a couple things out there. And Brent, we did this on the conference call, so you know what I'm going to do because I'm a Todd fan and blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> um, Kick Finisher is an incredibly, um, I don't know what you, a paradigm shift. You know, now that we yeah. don't have record companies um, actively supporting artists, uh, I don't, and, and those reasons are beyond my scope. But um, this is this smacks of uh, 20 years ago or more when Todd, um, almost pre-internet, <laughs> set up Patronet and um, had these ideas for how to cut out the record company that essentially was trying to um, keep the artists down um, and get the music out. Um, you know, by what other, whatever method was available at the time. And, and, and I, I, think, I think Brent, I, I don't know how many other people might have uh, actually stumbled onto this, but I hope you can package this and sell it because it's incredible and it's very cool. And I've, I've been delighted to be a, a beta tester, if you will, of, of the technique. And um, I'll, let, I'll let Brent respond to that before I add a couple more little things that I, I think you'll all find very interesting. Yeah, well, the idea is that, you know, just to use your, your fan base to sell the record and to give them incentives to do it. It's kind of the opposite of Kickstarter, which everybody and their mother is doing nowadays, kind of crowdfunding, which, which is you pay me and then I'll make a record. You know, you, you fund the record and I'll make it. Now I'm, I'm saying I already funded the record but I'm going to pay you to go sell it, um, either through um, money that you can take as a commission or what we're doing is we tied it into Julian Lennon's White Feather Foundation. Um, he's, he's, uh, he's bringing clean, safe drinking water to people in need in Africa, and we're saying for every, every download you sell from your site, you know, 13 liters of drinking water is going through Julian's foundation. Um, so... And then, of course, if there are other incentives, if people really were to sell a lot, you know, we'd, we've we've kind of let them in on the inside of of how this all works. So it's really using your fan base as your sales uh, staff, uh, because there is no record company, there is no uh, distribution, there are no people out there, you know, going to record stores and putting them in there. There's no record. It's a it's a download. I mean, you can buy a buy a signed CD. But really, this is all about people going out and telling other people, and people like uh, Kathy, you know, going to tell people that I don't know, you know, and, and some of the other people, you know, I have a certain amount of people that are in my circle, but all these other people have people that are in their circles that I don't know, that they don't know me, or they don't have access to me, and so it's, you know, it's that kind of idea, and it may, it may very well have life after this record. Um, the people that are helping me do it really think it does, um, and this is sort of the beta test of the of the whole idea. So, well, and and I'd I'd just like to add to that um, that um, 
bourgeois tag. I don't know if uh, you know all the um, Rungard Radio fans are familiar with um, your some of your previous incarnations that were not just solo, um, you know, uh, Mike Urbano and Lyle Workman and Larry Tagg, who um, went out with Todd on, I believe it was Nearly Human, and some of them yes. may have been um, on, a, on another tour or two. Certainly the um, individualist Larry was there pounding on the bass. And um, we, you know, these guys have history they have music that is worth exploring, you know, um, in history. And, and, and to me, that is, that's huge. And, and um, Poor Me is the, is the Todd cut. Uh, Chasm is also on this cut for those of you, um, uh, you know, that are big Chas fans, too. Um, pounding on the bass, uh, but there is a, 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 a reformation of a bourgeois tag on the on the album as well, um, and Julian Lennon uh, appears as well. So you know this this is a, a highly uh, recommended uh, release, and um, anybody who has is a Todd fan should be a, a Brent Bourgeois fan because they are very similar in their um, lyrical, um, oh, God, and see, now I'm going to get lost in adjectives. But let me just say Todd used the same um, techniques um, for recording Arena and State recently, um, although he did not go and get live drums from people. He did that on the computer, too, and I know that bugs some people. All right, last thing I'm going to say, waiting for the worm to turn video. Um, you guys have to Google this. <laughs> Larry, I don't want to turn anybody off, uh, Brent, but waiting for the worm to turn video. I've, we, Todd has a lot of um, visual artists that are fans, and this was released back when uh, Todd produced uh, Yo-Yo, I believe, yes, right? right. Yeah. Yep. So it's old, you know, uh, but it's it's got to be seen. It was lost for a long time. I mean, it was it was actually filmed by the uh, it was it was financed by uh, our British company, the Virgin of Island Records, and we went over there and they they decided to do this on their own, and we went in and filmed this, and then. You know, whatever they had planned for, it really didn't happen, and it didn't really, um, they didn't bring it over to the United States, and we just kind of never really saw it. Um, and then, you know, a couple of years ago, it shows up on YouTube. Everything shows up on YouTube. I mean, Eventually. You know, God knows. <laughs> God knows what's what's going to show up on YouTube, but this showed up on YouTube, and it was like I was seeing it for the first time, too. And it is pretty crazy. I mean, it's a pretty funny thing. Crazy. I do highly recommend that. Not as much as uh, um, Don't Look Back um, release, but uh, do check out Waiting for the Worm to Turn um, for some, like, seriously wacky um, 90s music video thing. Yeah. And thank you, Brent, for letting me be a part of this, and thanks, Doug and Mel. Yeah, and, you know, the, 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 the thing I'll say about Kathy is that uh, – you know the kick finishers are still out there selling. You know the the, the release came, but people that uh, that have have these sites, uh, you know, you can buy the record from Kathy. You can buy it from any number of these people that are that are out there. So if you go to Kathy Kathy Lee Brandstetter's uh, Facebook page, she's got it up there too, and you can buy it directly from her. And she gets, you know, she gets to donate either donate to Julian or she gets to keep the money herself. And so um, so there's your plug. 
And we got, oh, thank you for that. And singles are now available. So if you yep. don't want to bite on the whole fabulous album, you could just download Poor Me MP3. Correct, Amanda? That's right. No, All do right, that. Buy the whole CD for crying out loud. Come on. Live and song. Ten bucks. What a bargain. Fabulous. Yeah. Start playing it. I love you guys. Take care, everybody. Uh, you take, take care, CLB. Good hearing you. Night-night. All right, take care, Silly. Well, Brent, you've got on on your website, brentbourgeois.com, several, like, packages. You've got MP3 downloads or uh, uh, CDs, signed CDs. Tell tell us just a little bit of what's available. Well, yeah, and there's even a family pack because my son, Adrian, has a double CD out right now. It's really funny. And so we're selling his and mine together. Um, So... You can do that. Um, they have we have special high uh, high end audio MP3s called Slack. That that sound really really good. Um, you know we have it. Uh, you know we just all kinds of things. You can buy a package that contains all of my solo records, um, my novels that I wrote. Um, you know a, a bonus song that that I didn't put on the record, but I had recorded for the record. All my instrumentals music. Um, you know, probably my car, um, uh, <laughs> one of my cats, um, a pair of socks. You know, um, you know everything's for. You know, the upshot. I just cut to the chase. Everything's for sale. Um, we're gonna have. We're gonna have. We're gonna have some VIP stuff too. That's gonna be kind of funny. Um, uh, that we're we're kind of getting ready, gearing up to do. I mean, like you know, if somebody really wants something, you know, they're gonna be able to get it. So that's all I'm going to say about that. But there are all kinds of different packages for people. And the good news is we represent the last people, I think, the last generation who are actually still buying CDs. Um, people are buying the CD, I mean, a signed CD. Um, and it's one of, it, you know, it, there, there's almost as many people buying that as they are buying the download, um, which is pretty good. That's cool. Vinyl is cool too nowadays. <laughs> we're the, we're all the only ones left. Well, hey, going back to making this CD, did you get any motivation or any ideas from the experience you had at the My Record Fantasy Camp? Uh-huh. I think I think what that did for me was, um, you know, to put me back in that in that environment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think every time that I'm that I was back in that environment, it was another tug on the sleeve. Um, and the thing that really kind of pushed me over to to really doing this was I got involved in mentoring and producing uh, this young singer songwriter from Southern California uh, that uh, a friend of mine worked in Nashville wanted me to work on because they were too far away. And they said, "Here, you know, you live out in California. Why don't you why don't you take this?" And so. I ended up, it got me back to writing. I was writing for this girl. I was using my computer to create tracks for this girl. I ended up going back into the, in the, going into the studio and doing a whole record with this girl. Um, and so all of that really, really kind of primed the pump. So by the time I was done with that record, I was really in the mode again of using my computer to create music. And, and it started. I started to do it for myself. Um, and for, at first, I was writing instrumentals. I don't know why, but that's what I was doing. Uh, and then it kind of morphed into writing songs. 
but really, you know, it's just like you got to get, you got to get, uh, something's got to pull, it's got to trigger you. And I think being in the studio, being, you know, just like doing the record fantasy thing, being in the studio, um, spending a couple of days in that environment, you know, priming the pump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. All right, well, Cruz, unless you got another question you want to ask before we get into the music, let's get into some music. What do you say? Well, I, I'm all in favor of that, but I did wonder, um, you, you made a comment about that you would just go to someone's home or whatever and record their part. Did by any chance at least part of the lineup of Bourgeois Tag get in the same room at the same time and record together? Yes. Oh, yes. Um, uh, Mike, Mike Urbano and Larry Tag and I recorded not only... Um, the uh, the psycho song with that's, that has all of us tag on it, but we did that together. But we did uh, the beginning of we did the the rhythm track for High Road, which is the Julian Lennon song. We did that together. Um, uh, they're on the they're on that song as well. Um, Good. So Good. Yeah. I know. I know. And we did we did another we did like a near, third song uh, too. Larry Tag. So I'm I'm glad to see that you guys. Uh, are still playing together, my God! Since you oh were... yeah, 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 we did a third song too, and it's and it's um it's now considered a bonus track. Um, it's it's one of those things you get if you order one of the bigger packages, but um, it's really funky tune. It's called Funked Up, and and uh, in fact, Larry just emailed me a couple of days ago. He listened to the record, and he found out much to his dismay that that third song that we had done wasn't on it. He was kind of upset with me because he thought it was the best one. Uh, he was his favorite. Well, and, you know, uh, he's he, a he's a funky bass player, so I can. Well, yeah, it. it was a it was a nasty tune. It was really filthy, but um, but you know, I just couldn't find where it fit in this set. You know, I could I, I'd move it around, and it just wouldn't fit in the set. It's a great tune on its own, and it probably will end up finding a life somewhere out there, but but it just I couldn't place it in this set. So uh, you know, I just I don't like to force things. Um, and there was without it, there's eleven tunes, and I thought that was enough, you know. So, okay. All right, there you go, Cruiser Mouth. Let's let's right, hear so, music. Come on. Come on, let's bring it. Okay, so Brent, the first song is called "Don't Look Back." Tell us a little bit about it. Well, it's kind of a one, it's a one riff tune, um, uh, and it's like a New Orleans kind of one riff tune. I'm from New Orleans, and. Uh, and it's got uh, it's got little John. Well, I call him little John, but his name is John Lee Sanders. He's singing a couple of the verses on the on the tune. Uh, Rachel Lampa, who is, was uh, a signing I did when I was in Nashville, she was a 15 year old singer who's a little older than that now, but she's a <laughs> great singer. She's on it. Chris Rodriguez is on it. Um, Michelle Toombs, another singer from Nashville, is on it. Uh, Aaron Smith is playing drums, and it's. You know, it's a it's just a fun summary kind of tune. So it's a riff tune. Well, who I, I cut in the clip. I went to the horn section. Who who's doing that? Yeah, horn? that's the best. That's the cool part, man. That's that the middle section to me is really the the musical section. And and the, this girl Michelle Toombs did, you know, another thing. You know, I sent her. I said Michelle, I think there's a part in here for you that I really want you to do. Um, and I kind of sketched out for it. I said, can you, can you do this and send it back to me? She sent back 48 tracks of vocals. 
Wow. <laughs> Doesn't sound as easy yeah. as you made it sound earlier. Yeah, to put together an album. Awesome. Yeah, that's uh that's a lot. So let's play that clip. Everybody you're gonna like this part. Here we go. This is Don't Look Back from Brent Bourgeois' new album. chat room that say that they are chair dancing. <laughs> There's even one saying that she's bed dancing. I don't even want to know what that means. Yeah, that's <laughs> probably something we don't need to see. Emma. <laughs> so what, who was who was that playing the sax? That's that John Lee Sanders. I was in a group with see this 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 whole record is kind of a this is your musical life for me. John Lee Sanders and I were in a group when I was I turned sixteen years old in Dallas, Texas. We had the hot band in Dallas, and then we moved out to the That Bay was Area. Uncle Rainbow. Yes, it was Uncle Rainbow. And that's John Sanders. He was the sax player and the singer, Little John, and uh, uh, hmm. that's him. And he sings a couple of verses on that. Uh, and and so, you know, he's on that, and uh, the, another, one of the drummers in Uncle Rainbow named George Lawrence is on another of the tunes. I mean, it kind of goes from there, because I can almost move through my whole musical journey and say oh well on this song you know it's these people and then on this song it's these people and it kind of goes from goes all the way through okay nice well it's all right uh, it's very nice i like the sound of it so far okay let's run on to number two (laughs) talk to the hand no really it's called back of my hand tell us a little bit about that one um this might have been one of the first songs that I, you know, that I did on my computer at first, and I said, you know, this is really something I'm enjoying. I really like, I really like what I'm getting, um, you know, uh, and and it's a, I think it's a really good uh, marriage of computer-based stuff and then bringing musicians into play. Um, the drummer Steve Brewster from Nashville played on this, and he did a great job. It was perfect for him. And I went over to his house, and he's got this incredible setup in his home that's better than any recording studio. His drums are set up, mic'd, and by you know professionally by engineers, and he's got a whole you know a whole setup. And I you know and it's been dialed in and perfected. And so I walked into his house. He had it all ready to go. He had the song up. He sat down and he played. You know, he played the song once, one time. I was I was in and out of his house 
you know, in less than a half an hour. And it was perfect. Um, and then Chris Rodriguez is playing on this as well. And yeah, I went to his house and got him to not only play guitar, but sing background vocals. And so he's on it too. And, um, uh, you know, it's, it, it's that kind of thing. You know, it's, it's now what is possible to do. Um, and I, and I, you know, I just love that process. All right, so folks, we've got about a minute and 13 seconds on this one. Sorry we're not doing all of it. If you want all of it, you know where to find it. <laughs> but this will be a good tease for you. Here we go. It's called Back of My Hand. Live musicians and orchestra it was really a time when we were doing a lot of live strings and 
whatever programming would have to be somebody, I'd have to get somebody else to do it. But I've really rediscovered, you know, programming music. And one of the things that I really kind of got into was the arpeggiator. I think they may sing, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I was having a lot of fun with it. <laughs> and uh, on that last song, I was having a lot of fun with it. On this song, I, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, and it, this one features, I don't know if, you, if it's part of what you're playing, but an actual synth solo, which is something that hasn't probably mm-hmm. reared its head in 20 years, um, the idea of a synth solo. I don't know. I think I got the first minute of this one, but I'm not sure. Oh, they'll, they'll miss the synth solo then. So that's They can right. get it You'll if they buy the CD. Yeah, they can, they can get it later, <laughs> man. You know, if they just know that this song has a synth solo Okay. Doug, you going to hit play? There we go. Okay. Like the fool that I am, I come crawling back from the bottom of the deep blue sea. It's a shame, but you knew I was driving there. Again, I'm liking it. <laughs> hey, you, you said you said you started getting into the, you know, I, I, I don't know the proper terminology, but anyway, working uh, with the computer to generate arpeggio or something. I don't know what you said. Anyway, um, I, I was thinking you've got a good resource right there in your family in Adrian. Did Adrian help guide you into, you know, forcing yourself to learn some of this stuff? Oh, he Sorry, he mean, wouldn't. You're back. You're back. What's that? Oh, I was gonna say. Oh no, he's an old soul. You know, he's he'd be against that kind of thing. He's he'd be the one saying, "Oh, don't do that." You know. Oh he's, really? He's nothing nothing but real instruments. You know. Um, now he's 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 uh, you know the second coming of Brian Wilson. You know, and, and wants to use the glockenspiel, the real one, the toy piano, and the you know, and all that kind of stuff, and and wants to put down everything, you know, uh, live uh, and, 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 and in its original state of, I'll find anything I can find to make the sound, you know, uh-huh. in the computer. Uh, my thing is I can make things in the computer sound real um, if I want, you know. And, and <clears throat> so I think a lot of that is really overrated. Um, you know, there are purists. I think purists are overrated because, you know, they can be fooled just as easily as anybody else. Um, you know, somebody would say, you know, you should have put real bass on that, but I could probably play them, you know, my bass and a real bass, and they'd be wrong half the time. You know? <laughs> yeah. Maybe, yeah. yeah. No, I, I know, know they though, would, because least... I, w- I know they would, because I would. Well, at least as, goes... as drums go, I'll tell you what, these Todd fans are, they are purists, and they they know it. They know yeah. if it's 
you know, computer generated. I, I yeah, well, you know, I, I think they're guessing half the time. They think they know it, but you know that it's it's because I have been fooled enough times to where I don't even venture to guess, and it doesn't really matter to me anymore. But but I've been fooled enough to say, oh, I know for a fact that's you know that's not real or that's real or something, and it's it, it isn't. You know, um, it used to be pretty easy to tell, but I'm telling you these days it's. I mean, the technology has gotten to the point where in the right hand, um, it's, it's, you know, it's just, a, it's just more colors on the palette. And, you know, it's just how, how you use it. You know, it's not, to me, it's not about whether you use the real thing or not a real thing or whatever. It's just kind of, are you good at it? <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you yeah. making a joyful noise with it? You know. Right. I agree. Right. Well, I just, I was interested to know what, what Adrian's, if he had any kind of input other than performing on the record. Um. Well, you know, what's really interesting is you're segueing right into his part, which is the beginning of the next song. Yeah. Wow. I wrote, he mm-hmm. played, he's the acoustic guitar player. So, um, and, you know, he had, <clears throat> he had a lot of, influence. I'll tell you, one of his biggest influences in his whole record was getting me to do it. He was a big cheerleader of me the whole time saying, oh, no, you should do this. You should really do this. You know, you can do it. You know, you should. And I mean, for a long time, um, he had a, he had a real, real hand in, in encouraging me when I wasn't so uh, encourageable um, as versus incorrigible. But you know, he, he, you know, he was a real encourager and, and, and you know, I'd bounce ideas off of him, and he actually another song we'll get to later. He recorded the vocal of the female singer that sings on you and I, and, uh, and who happens to be his roommate. So they did it in their place. Um, oh, is it um, the the cute blonde girl that he's toured around the country not, with? Not Ricky, no, not Ricky. Oh, but oh Paige. okay. Paige is the other girl that he's been that he's done a lot of work with, and. Um, she's a girl that I well we'll get to that when we get to the song. Okay, okay. So we're we're gonna listen to the high road. Uh, who's the special guest on this one? Well, he's a guy, you know. Uh, no, it's, it's Julian Lennon. And I don't know what part of the song you got queued up, but um, you should at least play enough for for people to hear him. Uh, <laughs> oh no, I don't know, man. <laughs> I can always play the Starting at the beginning. Yeah, I don't know. Let's find out. I got. Uh, here we go. Oh. This is a clip. He doesn't from the come in until the second verse. <laughs> he All comes right. in, in, the, in the first chorus. So like... Your hands are shaking. My heart is breaking. Cause when we get crazy, nobody wins. Take the high road. 
Pete had all good? Right. Well, that's that. good because he sang. I mean, that was that was in the chorus was was a lot of him there. So that's great. There you go. But he sings and he sings the next verse too. So that's. But it was great. All right, maybe uh, we'll do the whole song if we got time. Nah, that's that's cool. He, he's uh, he's been very very helpful along the way, and we're we're kind of returning the favor by uh, you know, supporting his, his foundation. But uh, he's a big cheerleader, and he's put his money where his mouth is. And he's you know he emailed me last night, and he called himself my PR manager. So um, <laughs> he's been, doing, been doing a lot of social media. Um, blasting for me and um, I mean really going to the mat and, uh, and I, I really appreciate it. He's, uh, awesome. he's a friend and he's a good man. He's a, he's really kind of come to this place in his life where, you know, he's, Julian Lennon has been in an incredibly difficult position all of his life, his adult sure. life because, you know, he's a, he's a guy who is a musician and a singer and a songwriter and and ever since he decided he wanted to do that he's been damned if he sounds like his father and damned if he doesn't um you know and you know it's been a very very difficult road for him uh but now it's like he's over on the other side of the mountain and he's he's discovered some things that he loves to do that have nothing to do with his father's legacy it's uh he's a great photographer Hmm. Uh, he's kind of a world-class photographer, and he's also he's also putting his celebrity to good to good use. He's a he's a good deed doer. He's, he's traveling around the world, you know, going to play remote places and, and finding out what what they need and 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 helping raise money for them. And uh, and you know, I, I really admire him for that. Julian Lennon. So how did how did you get to know him so well? Well, we we knew each other from you know back in the day where Bush Watch played some shows with him, and uh, he was a fan of the band, and uh, we you know we kind of hung out and got to know each other, and then you know and then time goes by and you kind of disappear from. I mean, I didn't talk to him for a long, long time, and then you know Facebook of all things. Um, you know, he's a big Facebook user. He's on it all the time. And he started popping up on my site, liking stuff. Just mm. and uh <laughs> I love that. It's really, yeah, yeah, it's really funny. I mean, you know, and so when I wrote that song, you know, I, I it really kinda sounded like him. It sounded like you know, and uh so I just figured, you know, you got nothing to lose, just ask him. I hadn't talked to him in a long time, but I, you know, I messaged him on Facebook, and he got right back to me. Wow. And I sent him the song, and he said, I love it. I can hear myself on it. I, you know, I, I I hear myself singing on it. And so, you know, then the rest is details, trying to figure out, you know, he's kind of a world traveler and trying to figure out when he would be on the West Coast and figure out when he would be. So uh, we got some time in L.A., and uh, and it was great. I mean, he, he really worked at it, you know, he. We spent a long time on his vocal, and he because he wanted to, and uh, so so you know he's a he's a he's a good he's a good man. Hard to believe he's running his own Facebook page. So many people, you know, have somebody doing that for him. You know, it's what? cool that he does it. On I his can own. tell you uh, with a hundred percent accuracy, it's him. Mm-hmm. He's on it. <laughs> That's great, Julian Lennon. All right, so 
The next song up is, of course, the song titled Poor Me with Mr. Rundgren on it. And I believe you said Chasm is playing bass on that song. Is that right? Yes, Chasm's playing bass. And uh, I think this is the one we're going to play the whole song. I mean, if that's all right. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, yes. Well, I, I just want to point out that it's funny because um, the extent of what Todd did, he, he you know, I again, I, I wasn't sure that he would be willing to sing on a record that he didn't have anything to do with, you know, that he wasn't producing or anything. Um, so I kind of approached it gingerly, and I, uh, and he said he would, but I, I was going to try to get down to L.A. when he was there. I think it was during the NAMM show and right around the Grammys, and, but we couldn't figure that out. So he said <clears throat> to send him the files to Kauai, mm-hmm. um, and he would do it there. And I kind of thought, oh, you know, that's we'll see, you know, because I know he meant well, but, you know, sometimes those things kind of get away from me. <laughs> you know, and so I almost thought I might have to go out there. And, but, you know, I gave him a list of things that I would love for him to do, you know, starting from the easiest to just sing the whole damn song, you know. That was the hardest. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, you know, it took a little bit, of, a little while, but when he gave it back to me, he had done so much. And he, had, I mean, he really did. He did all the, you'll hear all these la-las throughout the whole song. And that's him. I mean, I had done them, but he re- kind of replaced them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all through the whole song. And then he sang all the choruses. Um, you can hear him in all of the choruses. And then he came up with, on his own, he came up with this counter line from the second chorus on, pour it on me. That, I didn't ask him to do that. He just did it. He came up with it. and um, So he's really all over it. And, and he you know, he sent me back this stuff, and it's sort of like opening up an envelope on you know, Christmas morning. When, so I didn't know what he was going to do. I, didn't, I did not know what I was getting. Um, but it was all neat and clean, and had been, he, you know, he'd done all the work that you do to edit stuff together and make it all nice and hang together and pretty. He had done it all, and it, and it just it's great. And then Chasm, um, you know, Chasm the same way, you know, I, I, I got in touch with him. He's like, sure, I'd love to. But he's on the road, so I had to say, this is, this is 2014, so I sent him the <laughs> files. You know, he probably did the bass part in a hotel room. Um, but it sounds great. It's a million bucks. You know, it's, it sounds absolutely great. You, you would never know that. I don't know where he did it, but I have a feeling he did it like in a, in a hotel room. Um, but, but you, but you never know, you know. Huh. Um, so that's that's the story there. We got the. That's great. You got both those guys on there. We got a question from the chat room. Somebody uh, mentioned this song seems to come from a dark place and wanted wanted to know what you were dealing with or what you know some of the specifics oh. about what it's about. You know what? That's really not true. It's almost like a. It's almost like, a, you know, I, and I use that picture of the sad clown. It's like, you know, I think it's it's almost like a pity pot. You know, well, look at poor little me. You know, like, it's almost like the sad clown who everything that could go wrong went wrong. And, you know, it, it really is not, it, I'm sure we all feel like that sometimes, but it really wasn't from a personal point of view that I just had to get this off my chest because 
you know, something horrible happened to me. It's just sort of like that expression of, um, you know, anything that can go wrong, it's almost like a Murphy's Law song. Yeah, somebody's having a pity uh, party, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's I really it. You. And it's, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it, there is a, a bit of tongue-in-cheekness to it, at least mm-hmm. in my mind. Maybe it didn't come off that way, but that's what I thought. And okay. especially, I think Todd, you know, I think Todd really got that because if you hear the end of it, he's going, poor little me, you know, kind of, it's, <laughs> it's oh, you poor thing, you know. That's, uh-huh. that, that really is what I was aiming at. Yeah. <laughs> Probably inspired from thousands of posts from Facebook. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's play the whole thing. This is Poor Me. Got Todd Runger, Kazem Sultan, Brent Bourgeois on it. And we'll be right back in about four minutes. Here we go.
There you go. It's awesome. People love it. People are really giving it rave reviews. Well, I really like it. I mean, it, to me, it's like a lost pod track or something. It's uh, <laughs> well, that's what they're kind of what they're saying. They're saying it sounds very Philly, soul, stylistic. Yeah, it's just, I was going to say stylistic shy lights. That's, that's, you know, it's funny. The guy that mixed that song, his name is John Fields, and he's a very successful um, producer, engineer, musician. He, uh, he's what he's known for. Unfortunately, is or fortunately for him, is he he produced a whole stable of Disney artists like Miley Cyrus and the Jonas Brothers and uh, Selena Gomez. All those people that came out of that thing. You know, when the whole rest of the music industry was falling apart, he was doing really well. And he's really good. He's a really good musician. And that's that was his job, and that's what he got to do. But anyway, total Todd hit. I mean, he can tell you, you know, the stuff that, that really inside stuff about, about a song, about who played what, about the notes. Anyway, and he knew Bourgeois Tag. He was a fan of Bourgeois Tag simply because it was produced by Todd. He could tell me every note I played on Yo-Yo. What was every it? note Larry Tag played. His name is John Fields. And so uh-huh. anyway, he's a, he does, he's a very you know well-known producer engineer. And I got to know him um, kind of just because. Uh, and, but when, when, I had got, when I got Todd to do this, I knew that I could get him to mix this song because of the Todd thing. And huh. he, was, he was thrilled. It was kind of, it's kind of like a kid in a candy store. Um, so he, he, he did it with a lot of love. There was a lot of love involved in that mix um, because, because it was mixed by John Fields, um, who was, you know, nine years old. You know, getting to see, see uh, you know, uh, Derek Jeter, you know, get to play baseball with Derek Jeter, you know, kind of thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you know what kind of crossed my mind, and, and I don't know how to say this properly say it. in a flattering way, but one time when you were on Rundgren Radio, uh, we were talking about, I think, I think it was the song Cry Like a Baby off the O-Yo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the re- I think you said something about the reason why you wrote that was because he was so hard on you in the studio that you went home and 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 wrote that. So, am I thinking about the right song? Yeah, no. It, well, what it was was even before we were in the studio, Larry and I had, was you know and it was pre-production. And he was we would spend time over at his house going through songs, and you know for like you know playing demos for him and just like picking what we were going to do and. You know, he never said any one word about our music. I think he was satisfied or he liked the music. But he was highly critical of our lyrics. Um, you know, he would keep saying, oh, you know. And, and you know, Todd's got a certain way of talking, uh, of being blunt and sort of sarcastic. And kind you of, think? You, mm-hmm. you think. But, so, you know, he he was saying it in the way in the way that he would say it. But, you know, and and just basically destroying our lyrics, uh, but making good points. And because we were very much in our heads and not in our hearts at that moment in the time. And so, you know, properly offended, I went home. And that very evening, I, the first line of the song is, what the hell do you want from me? Um, and, you know, and the, and the whole song is really about that, you know. And 
so I brought it back to him, and he was like, "Now you, you know," it, he was saying, "Now you, now you talk," you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he and it, and it ended up being it. a very good song. Yeah, he didn't take offense of it at all. He was like, "Okay, now, now you're on your way." You know? Oh, did he know that was like directed oh, sure at him? He does. Oh, oh sure I he did, did not know that. Oh, of course he did. Well, then that makes makes sense because the next part of what I wanted to say was, I have to wonder, knowing his sense of humor and his snarkiness levels, um, if he's doing the poor little me, little old me, or whatever it is, just just to stick a fork in it, you know? <laughs> no, I just, I think he understood. I really do think he understood where I was coming from, you know that that it's not. It's, it is. There's a little bit of a tongue in a cheek in in this thing. It's like it is poor little me. It's, you know, it's not. It's not really meant to be. You know, a brutal confessionary song as much as it is. Oh my God, all these things. I'm such a sad sack, and all these things have happened to me. Uh, every what else could go wrong? Kind of. You know, that was more the spirit of it. And when he when he put poor little me in it, it really is exactly the sentiment. Uh-huh. You know. Um, but it, you know it's snarky and it's good. That's that sort of put the exclamation point on it. You know, for me. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> there great. You go. No sense in throwing a pity party when anything in life is possible. The next title is anything oh is possible. Oh my gosh, We're, that was what great. A, what, what a what a segue. <laughs> All right. So what do we got? The, uh, anything is possible is our next song. We're halfway through, folks. So if you want to talk to Brent later. 646-716-9262 is the number. Press 1 so we'll know you want to chat. And here we go. Yeah. We, uh, tell us yeah. a little bit about anything is possible. Well, you know, in the, in the, in the line of, of me kind of do, you know, paying homage to people, this, to me, this, this song I'm paying a little bit of homage to uh, Robert Palmer, who's another guy who I knew well and unfortunately is no longer with us. But uh, I spent a lot of time with him and, and – uh, you know, if I had, if he had been around, I would have asked him to sing on this one. Mm. Uh, and I think you might be able to hear it when you, when knowing what I just said. Um, it's a kind of a James Bond kind of song to me. Yeah, it's a, uh-huh. I agree. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a sort of spy song, and and uh, but I think it, it really kind of has his sound to it. And he's kind of a James Bond kind of guy. Robert Palmer always kind of yeah. dressed like it, acted like it. He was very much a a suave, sophisticated man. So that's that's what you want to take away from this. Okay, here we go. A little 007 action. All right, here we go. This yeah. is Anything is Possible. We'll be right back. Seven 
and Robert Palmer influence in that one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> very yeah. obvious. I, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not subtle. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, though. Fun stuff. We've got. Several people in the chat room saying they're going to go buy the CD tonight, so that's good. So far, so good. Well, we still got more I good hope stuff. they do. Yes. Well, all I'm right. one of them. I listened to all the little samples you had on the website this afternoon, but I'm definitely buying now. Uh, yep, you're going to buy the Super Duper one, pack. Yeah. yeah, Super Duper. All right, so we got next coming up is All She Ever Wanted. What would that be? Yeah. That is um, that's the song, the one song on the record that's not produced by me. Um, it's produced by Charlie Peacock, my my good old buddy from uh, from for many 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 years. The guy convinced me to move to Nashville, and uh, you know he produced the producer of my last record. Um, and I asked him to be involved in this, and I told him to pick any song he wanted. I gave him all the songs and said pick one, and he picked this one. And unlike all the other songs. I had a demo for this, which all the demos that I had really were masters, and they just got pl- people played on them. And um, he kind of threw my demo in the trash and said, "We're going to start over." And not wow. only that, but um, you know, I showed up at his studio, and he he had some musicians there: Jerry McPherson, Mark Hill, and him. And he just said, pointed to the vocal booth and said, "You go in there <laughs> and sing, and we'll do we'll take it from here." Nice. And this was totally different than anything else I did on the record. I was where I was just the singer. I wrote the song and I was a singer on a on on a track, you know. And so this is his production. Do, do we get the answer to what she wanted? So all she wanted was a friend. All she wants is a friend. All right. Here we go. Out of my head reminds me of something. Something you said to me You said I crossed way over the line Looking for something that never was mine You said you wanted more time to heal Now I need to hear that song, song, softly I just thought, speaking of friend, um, I just got an email from Julian Lennon who said he's listening. He doesn't want to talk, but he listens. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. The heat is on. All right. Yeah. Well, welcome to the show. All right. So we got the next song is happens to be on first listen, second listen, three or three listens, my favorite. And it seems to be uh, in line with some of today's music, some of the happy songs. You know, it's got that happy beat type deal. It's uh upbeat song. I like it a lot. It's called you and, you, you and I. Yeah, that's uh, that. It's funny because I wrote it with specifically in mind to try to write something upbeat and happy, and try to. Um, I was listening to some people who I was, uh, you know, 
it's a, a couple of different groups that somebody had told me to listen to and, and that were that were writing in that vein. And I also this also features Paige Lewis who um who I signed when she was very young. Her and Rachel Lampa were two singers singers that I signed at Word Records in Nashville when they were both fifteen years old, almost at the same time. Um and uh Paige has been in our life ever since. She's been a good friend of my son Adrian's and now they live in LA together and they're in a they have a group together called See How They Run. And Adrian uh like I said earlier, this is the one he he uh engineered her vocal because they live together. So I sent it to him and I wanted her on this thing and he he was the engineer and she was a singer. So uh yeah, this is a very infectious song, I think. Yeah, right. So because it was my favorite, we'll get a few extra seconds on this one. So we'll be back in about a minute and a half. This is you and I. You're going to love it. Because that that bumps right into like maybe the darkest lyric in the whole on the whole record. Uh, oh, really? Just hmm. Psycho, you know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Followed by Psycho, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Followed by. Which Psycho. is a cool song too, but uh, I really like that that uh, upbeat song there. Well, thank but you. Psycho was the bourgeois, is a bourgeois tag song, right? I mean, yes, bourgeois tag is. did yeah. did the song, yeah. Okay. Yes, and it, and it, it's very much like something that we would have <clears throat> we would have done. I mean, in fact, um, even more to make it even more so, I got the original producer and engineer on our first record, David J. Holman, to engineer it. So it mm-hmm. really has the touches that he would have put on that he put on that first record. Um, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, to me, it's a pretty classic bourgeois tag song. All right, let's let everybody check it out. We will get that going right here. This song is called Psycho. We know Mm. a few of those.
Lose what tags thinking about cell phones. That's right. It's all well, on Instagram. Yeah. Brent, there's a, a a girl in the uh chat room, Veggie Girl, who just said that the song reminded her of Coma and it and it, it does a little bit. Well I can see scary. that. Yeah, I mean it could remind you of any number. I think it reminds me a little bit of the song Dying to Be Free on the first uh Bourgeois Tag record. Um in fact I think that David Holman's stole the the intro drums from that. I, I, I have to ask him about that, but he sounds very familiar to me. But <laughs> you know, yeah, well coma and psycho, you know, they they might go together. Um Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right folks. Brentbourgeois.com if you want to get this. And uh, we're putting links, of course, in the chat room uh, for you folks there. Just keep looking. You'll find the links. You can go directly to it and yeah, get this it's CD. Yeah, there. It's only, only there. there. It's not going to be on It's not on iTunes. It's not on Amazon. It's not on Spotify. It's not on Pandora. You know, Not on sorry. CD Baby. Nowhere. It's not, it, right. It's nowhere but on my website. Brent Bourgeois. All right. Very good. Okay, so we're going to talk about Spotify and some other stuff, too, later on the show, and you're welcome to call in, 646-716-9262. We've got two more clips for you. These, I think both of these kind of go down the road. Uh, these are very, uh, at least one of them is island-sounding on purpose. My Island is the next song. Tell us a little bit about it. Um, you know, this was a, this was originally an instrumental. I think I touched on the fact that I was writing instrumentals, and uh, this song was an instrumental. This was totally me playing inside Logic. Uh, on my computer doing loops and, and doing guitar loops. I mean, I'll let you in on a little secret. There's no guitar on this record, on this on this song. There's no, you know, it's all loops. Everything in this song except for Vicky Randall's playing some percussion. Um, but everything you hear on this song is a loop. Um, uh, I played a computer bass on it. But all the guitar sounds, all the keyboard sounds, it's all loops. It's me just fooling around, and it kind of became something. And then and then I thought it would make a good song, you know. Um, so <laughs> there you go. Let's see. All right, here we go. This is my island. And with Wendell Berry, always by my side, although he don't know it, gonna be my guy He's gonna tell me what to read He's gonna tell me what to sow He's gonna tell me everything That I need to grow in my strikes a chord with me because uh, they call me the cruiser male because I spend so much time in the Caribbean cruising. Oh, I yeah. Love right. it. Who played the steel drums for you in that, or was that your computer? That's that's the Chimbali. That's um, that's uh, Vicki Randall. Oh, that was her. Oh, yeah. I like it. Yeah. Sure does sound like steel drum. Yeah. <laughs> Caribbean, no doubt. Well, you know, it, it depends on what, what you're listening to it on. Those are high-pitched uh, Chimbalis. Hmm. 
Cool. Now, it, it does sound good even through the telephone at this point. <laughs> that's good. I, you know, I, I wish you could add some more bass. That's what somebody asked me over the telephone. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, right. I want some more cowbell. All right. <laughs> Doug, get out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we got, got we got unfortunately only only one more uh, song clip, and uh, that is "Without You." Now, of course, there's been other songs written called "Without You," but I would assume yeah. yours is a little different. Well, um, it, it it features uh, a guy named Wayne Kirkpatrick uh, who uh, who wrote co-wrote the song "Change the World" uh, for Eric Clapton. Um, and he's been a good friend. He he actually co-produced two songs on my last record, and uh, he's been a good friend ever since. And he played acoustic guitar and sang all the background parts on this. Um, and it is a it is kind of a uh, it's probably the one song on the record that you could say is probably overtly spiritual. Um, uh, I didn't really do a whole lot of that on this record, but this one I think touches on that. Okay. No, it's not that easy. Hanging on to nothing. Looking for deliverance upon the restless sea. Now my vessel's empty. song from the 11 on the CD. We don't have the secret missing clip, though. No, you'll just have to, you know, you'd have to buy the deluxe pack for that. Yep. So that's supposed to be the best song, according to Larry Tag. So, you, you know, yeah. deluxe. Yeah, Larry Tag goes. inspires. I should put that, you know what, I should really put that in quotes somewhere. You uh, should. So, this, is, this really is the best song, Larry Tag. <laughs> uh, the deluxe. <laughs> yeah. All right. Very nice. Uh, okay, so we already got some callers lined up. If you don't mind taking a few calls, I don't mind at all. <laughs> uh, you're so funny. Uh-uh. Uh, what a great answer. All right, five three zero. You're with us. <laughs> five three zero. Oh hi. Hey. No, that was me. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> this is Marianne <laughs> Minnick, and saying hi to Doug and Mel and. Brent, it's good to talk to you. Um, oh, hello. I love this album. I'm one of your kick finishers. Yes. And um, hopefully uh, it'll really take off. Poor Me is my favorite cut. But anyway, Brent, I just wanted to ask you, um, do you think maybe you would attend um, Todd Stock? 
I mean, not Todd Stock, but Todd Fest West this year. That first time I met you was at Roger Linder's house, and that was a lot of fun. Where is it this year? Well, we don't know yet, but I would certainly let you know. I'll, I will let you know as soon as we find out. I'm hoping it'll be at Roger's place again. His his place is. You know, I, I probably would. I, I you know, Good. I would be I would be honored to. That would be wonderful. And and um, Adrian performed for us that last time, and that was really That's great right. too. I remember that. Yes. Yeah, we enjoyed it very much. So okay, I will send. I will as soon as find out the information. I will send it to you, and hopefully we'll Please see do. you there. Please do. Okay, thanks. Well, Marianne, thanks for being part of this kick finisher committee, and uh, hopefully everyone's going to get rich from this. Yeah. <laughs> so, and and um, they'll get some water in Africa too. That's mm-hmm. right. There you go. That's. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, it's funny we gave people the choice about doing this, whether they wanted. You know, it's fine if they want to take a commission. That's that's part of the the deal. You know, I mean that. And, uh, you know, like over 90% of the people have chosen to give it to uh, Julian. So Nice. That's great. That's wonderful to hear. Yeah, it good. is. All right. So Todd Fest West, I think they got a website, ToddFestWest.com. They usually announce it. It's usually in August, isn't it? Usually it is. I think last year it was in July. For some reason they had to have it a little bit earlier. But um, it's, the information should be coming out shortly. The finest right, months good. of the year in Sacramento, let me tell you. Yeah, a... fortunately, <laughs> Roger's got a great pool in his backyard, so there you go. it's a good place to pool. be. Pool in the pool. Yep. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for the call. Okay, thank you. Bye. Hey, uh, Bye. Hi, man, Minnick from Sac Town area. All right, we got a call from 262. You're on with Brent. Area code 262. I think that's CLB, actually. We've already talked to her. Yeah, it is. No, um, you got one more second? Sure. I'm just doing like a little wrap-up uh, for like my most favorite recent new release. Um, Todd fans, you've been around. You know lyrical intelligence when you hear it. Mm. This release is that. You know challenging melodies. This is that. Um La, 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 you know, being one of those things. Um, I think uh, when um, Brent told us the story about, you know, Todd sending him back home, you know, and crying and, you know, uh, I don't do anything as good as you'd like me to. I think his lessons were learned. And um, Brent Brent is um, a standalone, um, and, and, and stands next to anybody. And, uh, Julian Lennon should be on his album. And, um, I love this. And, and without you is my favorite, even though it's not that for me. I love without you. It's a mantra. Um, (laughs) it really is. It's beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Singles can be purchased. You guys, if you don't want to buy the whole CD, you know, Whatever you can you can buy singles now today too, and um, on top of Marianne's thing where it was like Todd Fest West, I would hope that um, Brent and Adrian could pop down to Cambria. I don't know how you say that. I'm not from California except I was born in San Francisco. Cambria, Cambria. Todd's doing a Mystic Pacific retreat um, in August, and I would hope you guys could pop down there and join. Wow, uh, that sounds good. The weather will be better in Cambria. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, okay, gotcha. I send Brent the information. It's August. Yeah, it's it's in, uh, what, the 18th to the 22nd of August, something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, cool. that that would be great. Oh, bring Larry with you. Sure. Oh, he he might be back at school. About Abraham Lincoln, uh, you know. Yeah, right. I was going to say. Bring Urbano. Bring everybody. Yeah. So Linda Fisher just bought a signed copy. Veggie Girl just bought a copy. I think she bought a download. We got people buying it right now. It's happening. So like QVC. Thing, and I'll give to Julian Lennon's um, African Water White Feather Foundation. I will do that. All right. I feel like we're on QVC today. You know, if you if you if you buy uh, buy now, you'll get the the pocket fisherman. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we'll get a shamwow. You buy in the next hour. You buy the next hour. You'll get the Ginsu knife set. Oh, as seen on TV. Brent, we got a question. What's uh what's some uh, Tom Amy wants to know what's on the director's cut. Oh, those are that's just me commentating on. You know, kind of like you watch a movie and then you get done with it and you watch it with the director kind of going through it and saying, oh, this is, oh, yeah, we did this then. You know, it's got, it's me kind of uh, taking you through some of the songs and a little bit like I was doing before each one here, but it's kind of it's the track's playing and I, I say some things and then the track plays and I might say a few more things and track plays and I say a few more things, like each song. So uh, about either who's on it or what inspired it or something about it, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, somebody referred to director's cut as liner notes on steroids. Yeah, well, it's liner notes as you're, as you're listening to, to each song. So Yeah, Grady Most just bought the everything package, he said, whatever that is. Oh, my God. Yeah. Do you have a, you have a dinger or a horn? Now <laughs> you have, to, We're gonna now send you have a, to put a bow around Adrian and your daughter and send them <laughs> along to Grady. <laughs> yeah, uh no yeah. that that deserves a ding 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 ding. Um, it does. I ding, ding. Uh, we uh, we actually used to have one of those. We had Wait, like we that. have applause. Don't we still have applause? Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, give me a second I'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, don't we? Um, let's see. Well, the CD yeah. the CD sounds wonderful. I'm so glad to see that you're that you're back at it and uh don't let it be 20 years again. It better not be. I think uh, I'll have a, um, you know, I might not be able to remember, you know, mm-hmm. things too well next time, you know. There you go. All of right, so everybody. Abby said that. Yeah. 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 Grady Motes bought the everything package. Yay! There we go. All right. I, I can't tell you. You know, you get everything. You get everything I, I've got. You know, I've got a. There's a shovel in the backyard um, that I I don't want to part with, but I but I'm gonna. And we've got uh, some American girls that, dolls that my daughter doesn't know that I'm giving away. And, Ooh, you know, all uh, right. A gym membership, you know, that, that my <laughs> wife thinks she owns, but she Ooh. doesn't anymore. Uh, you know, so it's really a quite a good package. Very nice. Somebody want to know when the autograph CDs will be going out the door? Are those pretty much ready. Yeah, well, well, they are. You know, we have in today's economy, you have to kind of do things just in time. You just, you know, it's part of the economy of scale of of how we can get away with doing this, right? So mm-hmm. what? What? I'm not the only one that does this, but you know, you put out a record and you and CDs. You know, CDs take 
more money to manufacture and the artwork takes longer and all that kind of stuff. So what we do is we give the person that orders a CD a download right away so they can listen to it today, you know, immediately. Mm -hmm. And then the CD orders reach a certain critical mass because you can only order them in certain numbers. Like you can't Mm -hmm. order 10 CDs. You can't order 50 CDs. You have to order 500 CDs, right, you know, at a time. Mm-hmm. And to make it, to make it, so, you know, so that has to come when, when, when there's enough to do it. Not 500, but there has to be enough. And, you know, so we're saying July 1st, you will get them. And, you'll, and so in the meantime, you have a download. But you already have the music. That's great. That's yeah. Good deal. Yeah. Yeah. Two for one kind of deal. Um, all right, so why did you decide to not put this out there on Spotify, iTunes, etc.? What's the decision-making process? You know, to me, you know, I don't want to get up on a soapbox too much because I could really do it, but we could be here all night. Uh, but, <clears throat> you know, Spotify, to me, is kind of the end of the music business. It's the end of not just the music business because that's too cold. It's the end of, of, of professional music musicians making a living because if you can order up a song anytime you want instantly of anybody you want why would you buy it right you know, wh- why would you ever buy any and that is what is happening people mm-hmm. are not buying anything i mean they, they, they you know when when you and i were younger if we heard and mel if we heard a song that we liked, uh, whether it was over at a friend's house or we heard it on the radio, we had to, one of few things had to happen. We, had, we either had to wait to hear it on the radio again or we had to go somewhere and buy it. That was how you were going to hear it. You had to buy it to hear it or you had to wait for them, hopefully, to play the song on the radio again. Or you could sit around at your friend's house. Um, you know, or record today, it on cassette from the radio. Well, that's, that was sort of the second step. But every time you did that, you're degrading it one degree, and mm-hmm. it didn't quite sound as good. And you could do that. I mean, that was the second step, but it wasn't pure. Um, now, you know, my daughter hasn't bought, has never, I don't know if she's ever bought any music. She doesn't have mm-hmm. to. Um, you know, people don't have to buy music at all because you can just dial it right up. And it, there so it is. You know, does it Spotify? Is, is it a subscription or something? How do how do the artists get anything? Well, they got to get there's something. two different ways. You can you can have it for free, and they'll put ads with ads. Okay. Uh, and you know you can subscribe for like ten dollars a month. Mm-hmm. I think, it, and then it's ad free, and, and you know you can ten dollars a month. You can listen to anything you want, anytime you want. And so, and and they have yet to work out a proper model for artists. I mean, artists get paid. I mean. Laughable amounts of money. Laughable amounts of money. Uh, and so, you know, it, to, it, you know, it's hard enough. People have have lost the habit of buying music. They think they just can have it now. Mm-hmm. Um, people just think music is there to have. It's not there to right. buy. It's there to just to have. And so, it's hard enough to get people to buy anything. And I mean, you know, I'm. I, you know, I, I was Julian Lennon almost quit the music business, and he, he's very close to doing it again because it's so frustrating to get anyone to buy anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here. Yesterday was the first day my record is released, and I had an incredible outpouring of of all these people that are you know that have 
followings themselves, you know, pouring it out on social media, saying, you know, if you if you like me, buy this record, you know, and mm-hmm. and and da 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 da, and you know, and it's, you know, I'll never have that day again, you know, and and Julian Lennon put did 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 an incredible thing, you know, he he. I can't even tell you, but it, it caused like a million people to see his post, you know. And, you know, out of all of that, you know, the, 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 the results were really small. People just don't buy things. Even people that say they're going to. Even people that said that said for, you know, 10 years, when are you going to make a record? When are you going to make a record? When it really comes down to it, it just the habit of buying music has gone away. It just, mm-hmm. I mean, and that's, I mean, I mean, I know I'm speaking to some people in the crowd right now that have bought it. So, you know, it, that's, that's really wonderful. That's but not, I again, can't. that's the generation, though, that buy, that's, that's left that's going to buy physical product. Yeah. That's just what well, we know. That, I'm just saying downloads or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. just buy anything. You know, it's like I, you know, the, the answer to the question, is it going to take me 20 years to make another record? The answer is I'm not going to make another record if I can't make it part of my living. If I can't make a living, I'm not asking to be rich, and I'm not asking to do anything other than to look my wife in the eye and say, "You know what? Mm-hmm. I can help pay the bills by doing right. this. You know, I can I can do this as a job. You know, and you know, and 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 work on my next record instead of you know have, having a job and then maybe you know being a, like a weekend warrior or something. You know, um, mm-hmm. and that's all. But that only happens if people you know, buy the buy the product, and it's you know, and I just don't know that people uh, you know have uh, view music anymore like that. They just view, view it as something that's there that they can just it's just there when they want it. My daughter, mm-hmm. you know, if she wants to listen to a song, she turns on YouTube and finds it on YouTube. Yeah, and there it is. You know, it's yeah. just there. She's <laughs> I listening do the same on thing YouTube. sometimes. Well, you know, I sort of, yeah. The big picture on this too. Uh, and what I'm seeing, and I still think this holds true, is what's happened is because the, the more popular musicians can't make money, as much money off their music, off the CDs, is they're getting it back in live concerts. And you're seeing a lot of these bands come back out that we thought might not come back, or you're seeing some that are touring a ridiculous amount uh, compared to what they were doing in the past. And they're they're getting it back by charging you know a ridiculous amount for tickets you know I, uh you know uh there was a concert peter frampton and doobie brothers down the road here in tuscaloosa if you want to be up front it's 225 a ticket 225 dollars right well that's and then if you want they'll, they'll, then they'll have packages where you can go backstage and it's two thousand dollars yeah, they, they, they'll, they'll, they'll throw you a t-shirt or, or a laminate yeah. or something but they don't do meet and greets yeah. not many of them kiss does that's two thousand dollars uh, Paul right. McCartney, you can no. pay fifteen hundred for a sound check, but you're not going to meet him. I mean, it's gotten right. way up there. You've got uh, Journey was here; it was a hundred, hundred and eighty-five, you know, for for tickets. I think. No, exactly. And, the 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 high end acts are doing it by doing that. But again, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, people you like take, my son, people like Adrian, you know, you can't. Everybody says, "Oh, well, you know, yeah, you're not going to sell any music, but." But go out and play. That's how you'll make music. You'll make money. But he can't do with that either. I mean, you go play somewhere and they, they don't pay anything. You know. Yeah. It's, it's, there's no. Uh, or they might ask you to. They might ask you to pay to play. Yeah, uh, exactly. There's not much of tickets. a. Uh, I don't know. What, only what thing I think to compare. There's no. There's no middle class in a way. It's like you either. No. You you either got to 
you know, get out there and play for free or next to nothing, or you get paid a ton because you're you're that popular. There's nothing in the exactly. middle. Not, not, that, there there ever, anyway. not that there was ever that big of a middle class, but there was mm-hmm. one in music, and that's completely gone. There's completely yeah, gone. gone. Either you're in the upper one percent, or mm-hmm. you know, half of one percent, or mm-hmm. there really isn't a lot there for you. I mean, people yeah, say, "What are you going to tour?" When are you going to tour? Well, it costs about ten thousand dollars a week to go on tour. <laughs> that's about what yeah. I mean. I'm, I'm not even exact. That's what it costs. Oh, I agree. About ten grand. Uh, well, we don't know what it costs. And you take uh, it's like the old joke Greg Hawks told me one time. A, a musician wins the lottery, and they said, "What are you going to do with the money?" He said, "I'm just going to keep gigging till I run out, <laughs> till it's all gone." And, <laughs> yeah, uh, I remember that. <laughs> but you, you know, so back in the day, though, let's say you know, let's say Journey comes out with a CD. And and before this, you know, it all became free. And they might take a little bit of money and sell tickets for cheap because they know they're going to sell a ton of CDs because of it. Now the model's almost totally reverse. You know, they don't they don't go out and tour to sell CDs anymore. They go out and they'll tour. Sell, they'll, they'll sell uh, t- they'll sell uh, sweatshirts and they'll yeah, sell mm-hmm. all kinds T-shirts, of shirts. They'll sell sure. merchandise that will dwarf the amount of money that they ever sell on a on a music. The music's yeah. like for free. Music's like the lost leader now. And, uh, you know, that's great if you're journey. Um, but, you know, it's like I just, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's, uh, I, I, don't, I don't even know what to say to people because you don't want to be negative and you don't want to – I mean, the people that are buying and are supporting it, it's great. But the model is broken and you can't – I mean, I don't know what's going to happen in 10 years with, with, where the young musicians are going to come from because you can't make any money doing it. Yeah, you can't. There's. It's going to be a hobby, you know, and it's going to be one of these things that that rich people will be able to hire, kind of like house. back in the 1600s, 1700s, where you hire Mozart, you know, to come to your house, house um, parties. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's that's really it. I mean, that's almost where we're at now, where mm-hmm. you know, there's, you, you, rich people can have people come. You know, uh, what was it just the other day? Uh, who was it that had had uh, somebody show up at their daughter's you know, daughter's birthday party, you know, $50,000. Nicki Minaj showed up at somebody's birthday party. Yeah, you know, $50,000. She didn't even uh-huh. sing. No, she didn't even sing. It wasn't oh, she concert. just came to show just up. Show yeah. up. Yeah, nice. just show up. Yeah. Oh, God, I hope it's not going that way. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. people maybe there'll be a market correction one day in my fantasy world where instead of people paying 180 bucks to see Journey, they'll go to 18 concerts to see people like Adrian Boudreaux uh, and some of these yeah. other. Well, uh, up- you know, acts. Could be. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what's gonna make. I don't know. I, I we sit around and spend a lot of time thinking about, um, you know, how to get people to back on the idea of this is art, and you know, you wouldn't. You wouldn't make a perfect copy of a. You wouldn't go into a store and mm-hmm. and steal a dress and make a perfect copy of it and then say, okay, well now I'm wearing this dress, you know, or, or you know anything else, any other piece of you know, or an art, you know, go into a museum, take a picture, make a perfect copy, and then pass it off as the real thing. You know, that's counterfeiting. You know, that's and yeah. well, that's just what we do now. It's just what we do. Mm-hmm. That's it's just what we do. It's you know the the technology outpaced the ability to control it, and uh, and so there we are. And people just don't expect to have to um, use a transaction involving money anymore. You know, it's well, very here's difficult. The, here's the plus sign. Um, <laughs> 
you were talking about how you, you don't know if your daughter's ever paid for any music. She just gets it off the Internet. There are still people out there. I realize I'm a dinosaur, but I don't know how to get it for free. I can watch it on YouTube, but I can't, you know, copy it onto a CD. I don't know how to do that so I can listen to it in my car. So there are a few of us out there who still go to record stores, who still go to websites like BrentBourgeois.com and purchase. Yeah. Actual well, I do think that the, the good thing, the good news, there's two good pieces of good news. One is that very technology allowed me to make this record because the technology has gotten so good and and the computer stuff, all the same stuff that that I'm lamenting, it really allowed me to make the record. So that's 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 a good thing. And the other thing is we're of a certain age, and I think we're at the tail end of something, that people still do feel, they still do have a, this it's almost animalistic memory. Oh, yeah, back in the day when I used to buy something, I used to buy music. I mean, it's too late for my daughter. It's too late for even people of Adrian's age. I mean, he, he he's at that age. He's 26. He's almost 27. And, you know, from that age below, they have no memory of any of anything that doesn't involve the Internet, that doesn't involve getting music off of Napster and getting and then every all of the things that came after that. There's no memory of anything before that. Um, but, you know, I am at least have this, you know, have an age group that does remember that and does like getting CDs, you know, does like, you know, buying things. So I think that, that I'm in better shape than he is as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think ultimately the, the – uh, this seems to be you got to get a song on the radio that's popular, and then you got to go on the road, and that's it. That's your only chance, other than you know nickel and dime stuff here and there, probably, because you know if you don't have that, you, you don't sell a lot of tickets to the shows, and you're not going to get money off your CDs anyway, as we know. It's tough, very tough. Guess what? Imagine you know, radio. Ra- guess what? Radio's the next uh, domino to fall. Radio will yep. not be around. In another five, not commercial radio. Why would you need that? Why would you? Why do you need to wait around for an hour or two hours to hear the song you want to hear? You don't need to do that. My daughter doesn't need to do that. She can just press a button and there it is, anywhere she wants it. Why would you need to wait around for a radio station to play the song you want? Um, well, the radio don't. stations can, are what tells a lot of them what to listen to, though. You know, well, they hear it on the radio. That's yes, what they like. That's, Go that's a very narrow. That's a very narrow group of people. Um, you think? You know. Hmm. And, they grow out of that really quickly, you know. Yeah. It's like it's, it's it's tweens, you know, and teens. And so there is a there's a group of pop there's a pop radio element that I guess mm-hmm. might be around, but really that model is going is not going to be here much longer because people are too instantly gratified. They want to hear the song they want to hear when they want to hear it. They don't want to wait around for, you know for commercials and listen to, right. you know, some DJ go on and on and then play songs they don't want to hear. You know? Well, that's just it. Is they don't even have DJs on a lot of these stations. Yeah, yeah, so you don't, yeah. they don't even, you have no way of knowing what the title is or who the artist right, right, is. Right, right. Yeah, well, you also have get off TV. my lawn. You know, get off my lawn. <laughs> it used to be they would lead into a song. They'd say, oh, this is the new single from Bourgeois Tag off the album. Yo-. Right. I mean, they would yep. keep going for like 90 seconds, and then you'd well, get to hear the song. Yeah, There's, there's television, too, which uh, is still kicking, I guess. Um, well, you know, that is the vehicle, you know, the one vehicle that seems to be really, really a, a great vehicle for people, for new artists and people to get their songs on on TV shows and in movies. I mean, that hasn't changed. That's how it gotten better. Um, if you're for, and that's the big grand battleground right now. 
Uh, it's I mean, more at- important than, than radio. I mean, people are much more interested in getting a song in a TV show than they are in getting it on radio. Sure. Radio's well, you take a guy hard. like, I mean, I look at who's popular right now, say Bruno Mars, for example. He had some radio yeah. stuff, and he was on Saturday Night Live. He had TV and radio. I mean, I don't, yeah. you know, I don't know if word of mouth was what, I think that's what got him. He had a hit song, yeah. and he had TV. Boom, boom. You know, and here he is. He can go, he's selling tickets here in Birmingham for, again, you know, Upper level crap seats over a hundred dollars. I mean, it's just you know, and 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 in yeah. the old day, wouldn't have to do that because he'd be selling, he'd be you know making so much money off the CDs that he'd be touring to, to support it, to support the CD. But now it's just about you know, it's not about that. Doesn't seem to be anyway. I'm not the expert, yeah. but uh, there's got to be a well, reason why keep going up and up and up. Let me climb down off the soapbox, and that that's enough <laughs> of all that. And I mean, it's well, uh, you, you know, tour? yeah. That's what I want to know. Are you going to go out at all and do some shows? Uh, <laughs> Come on, man. You know what I'd like to do? I, I, I'd love to do if I could, and that would be be an opening act for a Todd or for a Julian Lennon or for someone like that. That would be the kind of thing that I would be interested in doing. Because Good then you have, sort of, you have the built-in, sort of there's an audience there. You have a built-in stage thing already going. You have a built-in crew, and you have a, it's, it, there's a system already in place. Um, as I said earlier, the idea of going out on tour means you have to have a band, you have mm-hmm. to have, you know, you have to good players, you have to pay them, you have to pay them for rehearsals, you have to have a rehearsal hall, you have to pay them to go, you have to pay for hotel rooms, you have to pay, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a very expensive proposition. I'm not a sling a guitar, put a guitar over my shoulder and go play in a coffee house kind of act. I mean, I'm a keyboard player who plays, as you heard, it's pretty complicated music. You know, it's not, you know, it's not singer-songwriter, coffeehouse, it's a guitar stuff. So, you know, it, it's a difficult proposition. I wouldn't, I'm not opposed to it. I'm not opposed to the idea that to, to go play and, and, you know, but it's complicated. And And like I said, the best option would be as an opening act for one of these bigger legacy things that are going out you know, and be able to play my half an hour, you know, for mm-hmm. them or something. Sell some CDs, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that would be something I would be, you know, definitely. That's another strategy that works. We watched, uh, Mel and I went to several shows, Arena, uh, when they were near, when they were down here in the south, and Paul Freeman, I mean, he'd have he'd people, people lined up to meet him and buy a CD after he got through with his opening act for Todd. It was, sure. It was sure. very impressive. No, I, I, I'm sure. Oh, and then he ended up touring with the, uh, Roger Daltrey. Yep. Yeah. You know, right. Things happen. You know, Bushwhack Tag was a big opening act. I mean, that's how we got. You know, we 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 did most of our touring as an opening act. First with Hart, and then with Robert Palmer, uh, and even Belinda Carlisle. We went to Europe and we were an opening act. I mean, you know, it, I know all about it. Gotcha. Well, all we, right, man. Well, believe it or not, like, hours okay. have flown by. <laughs> We've got about three minutes left, so. uh well, I'm glad we got all the music in so everybody could hear it. Y'all know where to get it, brentbourgeois.com. And, uh, yeah, and I appreciate you guys doing this. Um, you know, and I appreciate the support from all the people. I mean, I really do. And I think it's funny because the Todd Rundgren fans are unique. They stand out from everyone else because they are loyal. They do buy things. They buy things that, you know, and, and you know, it's it's really a funny crowd. It's like, um, other people might have bigger followings, but almost no one has a more loyal following. You know, it's a little bit like the Deadhead. 
Um, yeah. And and you know the Todd and and mm. it's it's really a great group of people, and you know they support people that are peripheral members of that um, tribe. You know, I remember it's so funny because I remember going to Todd Fest West, and I brought my son, and he played, and it's just because he sort of he was accepted into that circle because he's my son, and and Todd produced a record on of, of mine, so it's like it's a it's an extended family. Yeah, and there's not many artists you see where the producer, so many people know everything they produce and, and go and buy it <laughs> just because they produce right. it. You know, well, you know what Todd... and like I said about about John Fields, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. all I had to say was Todd singing on this, and it was like, ding, you know, <laughs> I'll do it, you know. Wow. Very nice. All right, That's man, great. thanks. We'll do this again sometime. Looking forward to hopefully boosting some CD sales for you. Well, you know, that was great, and I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, we wish you the best, and uh, who knows, you might become an opening act to somebody at some point real soon. Okay. All right, good deal. All right, everybody, that's a wrap. We don't know when our next show will be. We'll schedule one soon for you and let you know, of course, the the usual ways. Again, this show is dedicated to Cheryl Radin and M.G. Gaia Adams. Rest in peace, both of you. You will be missed. And I'm going to close the show out because I love this song so much, and I don't know if Brent's still around or not because he probably – you know, heard it plenty in his life. But uh, here's a bourgeois tag for you. See you later. Peace out. Bye, Mel. Toodles. The time for talking's over now. I guess it's time to let you go. But I don't. No, I don't mind at all. It's getting so you never know.
Hi everybody, this is Todd Rundgren and you're listening to RundgrenRadio.com. My people! 